Yeah, Ragnarok, which is the huge town of, of, of Houston, goes up in flames, and the Bush administration falls. Oh, yeah, I love that part. It was a great option. Great, man. That's oh. good. Much better than our little theater production up here. Oh, yeah, really? No, it was nothing. Besides, the actors, their teeth were chattering so hard they couldn't sing at all. Well, we were really impressed, and at the end of it, the whole theater went dark because they couldn't pay their Enron electricity bill. That's right. right. They probably that, impounded your cars, right? They, they did. They just pounded them, in fact. And yeah. they, they squeezed them in these little balls. And, and they sold, sold them to China. They sold them to along, China. Along with, apparently, 50,000 tons of a crumpled Twin Towers. Except you guys this, lead an exciting life out well, there on the street, man. Well, yeah. there, when we went out to the parking lot to get our car, there was this one guy, man, with you know, named Baxter. And he did not look good at all, man. He had the windows up, and he had a thirty-eight. He was like, and he was crying. He was saying something about offshore money, and then that was oh, the last I heard. It was the really poor guy. Poor guy. He showed up on CNN later. Well, you see, everybody gets famous, man. Well, all everybody you... gets one of those crawls. Right, every one, one crawl below. One crawl. That's all you get now. On the phone with me, Scott Wild, Radio Free Oz's social media guru. How you doing there, Scott? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Well, I'm really excited because um, those of you who heard the last couple of segments that I did with Scott, we got a general introduction to social media and the effect that it has on you, the the other end, and, and the people who produce product, et cetera, et cetera, the democratization of communications, all of that. Well, now Radio Free Oz is going to be working with Scott in order to enhance our social media, uh, what should we say, presence or something. What do you yeah. have in mind? And I know that what you're planning will also be relevant to other people out there. So let's all listen up. <laughs> Go ahead. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the first things that we want to do is we're going to take a look at the uh, site infrastructure that we currently have, and we're actually going to utilize a uh, or use a WordPress blog to help deliver the content. So all of the shows um, will be posted every single day in a WordPress blog post. Okay, and there's a couple benefits to that. It makes it searching. You know, you can put your table of contents like you currently have on the homepage inside of each blog post. But one of the things that social media allows you to do, if you hook it up correctly, once you hit and post that blog article, which is your daily show, we can automatically push it out to your Facebook fan page and the Twitter profile and LinkedIn and several other social media sites to get it in front of a broader audience and let people consume it where they want. We can also push it out through iTunes like you're currently doing and continue to um, put it on YouTube and, and, and also offer some enhanced versions. Um, you know, like there might, there'll be an MP3 version or a, just a streaming audio version, but then allowing people to download an MP3 version or an enhanced video version that has, uh, you know, uh, synchronized images of the person speaking or, or the, um, you know, album cover of the person singing. In that way, it'll, they can stick it on their iPod and take them with them. You know, one of the things that we want to make sure is that people can consume Radio Free Oz where they want, when they want. Absolutely. Make I make it really convenient. Yeah, I w when we were only streaming on demand, I was talking to a couple of my old friends, one of whom designed the pattern recognition for Apple, for the Newton. And he was he's a great computer scientist. And I said, well, Larry, uh, how do you like it? He said, Peter, he said, you've got to get it. I got to get it as a podcast. I, I can't sit around my computer for an hour. I want to put it on my iPhone, go into my car and listen to it when I drive to work. Bingo. Yep. I understood what was going on. We're, you know, we got the iPod. 
the iPod thing down now or the podcasting down. Well, so we're going to be able to reach out automatically, instantaneously. We're going to be able to send our message and our art and our people and our information to a much broader audience. Is that correct? That's correct. And the other thing that we're going to put into place is, a, is vehicles for people to dialogue and, and start to tell us how they want to consume this information and what's valuable to them and what's not valuable or, you know, start to get feedback because, um, you know, one of the things that I, that I coach all of my clients in is that your brand and that is the experience that people have with your product, you know, whether it's Fireside Theater or Radio Free Oz, as you know, your brand doesn't change much over the years, but how people consume that brand does. Uh-huh. I mean, I look at all of your fanzines, like the Chromium Switch, you know, has gone from a print publication, now it's a PDF, and you can, you know, but you can still get the same quality information. You can still get the same great material. Right. And, and, and Radio Free Oz is now available to the world. You know, instead of just one radio channel. That's correct. So we want to make sure that we understand what what's the next thing out there. And, and if, as people, you know, maybe they're they're saying, "Well, I want an app for my Droid Incredible that I just ordered." And so you know what? Let's figure out how to get that on the Droid Incredible as an app that people can just click that button and consume Radio Free Oz anytime they want. Yeah, it's it's a and, gift, right? As, as you said earlier, it's it's about what we can give, not what we can take. And, exactly, and it's creating that community. People come for the content, but they stay for the community. And as you well know, you have a worldwide community of people that are a big fan of what you do. And you know what? Let's let them uh, talk amongst themselves and, and, and help share some great ideas for where do we go next with this. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Scott. We'll be talking again real soon. Scott Wild, our social media guru, always a pleasure. Uh, you know, I hope everything's going fine out there in Bismarck. By the way, there's the other thing. You're in Bismarck, uh, you know, North Dakota. I'm in Whidbey Island, Washington, and space is not a problem. Here we are, and everybody that's listening is everywhere around the world, probably in Tashkent in a, in a, in a traffic jam or, or Tokyo, you know, or wherever. It's, it, it's quite amazing. Everywhere but China, because I said the word carrot, and the word carrot has the same ideogram as the president of China, so we've been blacked out. What can I say? <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, thanks for having me on, Peter. Okay, talk to you soon. You know, other news of uh, the recent week was that they're selling Newsweek, or they want to sell Newsweek magazine. But don't isn't Newsweek magazine always sold? It's available on the newsstand. Uh, That's all? not what I mean, Uncle Pete. They're actually trying to off the magazine because it's losing huge amounts of money. Is it the Washington Post that owns them? Yeah. 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 And uh, after all, it is a business and all that. But it reminded me, because my very first job out of college yeah. was at Newsweek magazine. Really? Yep. In New York City on Times Square in the old Astor Hotel, mm-hmm. which may still be there. I think so. Uh, the Astor Hotel was a really famous, you know, turn of the century you know, palatial, great place. And uh, by the late 1950s, Newsweek had a, several floors of this place. And I went to work as an editorial assistant in the editorial makeup department, mm-hmm. putting together the weekly magazine. We had a three-hole binder and put in the ads, and then you'd begin to fill in the stories. And it was interesting as far as it went. Of course, everything was mechanical in those days. As a matter of fact, they had trays and trays of metal type with the uh, obituaries of famous people who hadn't died yet. I was still sitting there time. in lead. Yeah. The lead obituaries of the not yet dead. Yeah. What a world. <laughs> and uh, the it was famous. Uh, our office was uh, famous for being uh, Enrico Caruso's bathroom. 
in his original suite at the Astor Hotel. I don't know whether that's true or not. But those, those, were, those were the great days where Time magazine was four square, gray. All the columns fit the columns. That's All right. the pictures fit the columns. Everything was the same. Over at Newsweek, man, it was splash territory. And the most exciting thing we had every week was freak set type. Oh, yeah, we'll be doing freak set around this story. So, you know, the uh, photo was just an oots wider than the column. Ooh. And so as a, as, a, as a kid on his first job, I'm sitting there counting letters, you know, by the, by the pica, by the, you know, in order to make sure that it didn't run over when it got to Philadelphia or Detroit or wherever it went to get printed. And uh, I made a critical mistake once on that page that, you know, the personalities page is just one page and everything's got to fit. There's no run over. Ooh, I miscounted. Oh, did you get in trouble? Well, you know, Newsweek used to be much more conservative than it became like about five years ago. It began to make a real change and became a seriously liberal um, magazine. And uh, uh, Time, which was always gray, all of a sudden discovered that there was this thing called modern graphics. And all of a sudden, they're all over the page. And that that took them 55 years or so to get around to that. 